I think Pastor Mark mentioned that um, I do these meetings or have been for a while and I always enjoy doing them and they're always different and I'm glad to be here in Idaho it's a little cooler even than in Arizona and uh, it's always good to be here been here a few times and seen probably several faces and new faces and it's good to be here but I do uh, do believe that we're a church that is a supernatural church meaning you are part of a supernatural new birth if you got saved if you've given your life to the Lord then he has changed you and and life will never be the same and he will just work in you and work with you and help you to go further than you've ever been and so I know in these kinds of meetings you know there you know different types of meetings but God uh, I know seems to use me in these so we'll just follow after him and I know he uses Pastor Mark in different you know these types of meetings too and so I know you guys always have good services and you guys are people who love God, and so you're probably already expecting. Good. A few of you are. But that's, that's good. That's good. I'll come over to the people that are expecting. No, I'm They didn't do anything about it. They went, oh, okay. No. We are expecting, right? And uh, God's power. There is just something about, uh, you know, learning about certain things that helps heighten your expectation. You know, sometimes in these meetings, you know, I come out and it seems like, man, just start going. Pray for people this way, do this. Or sometimes you have a scripture or whatever it is and you take off from there and you get going. And I really expect that, that God is going to do some good stuff in our midst. You know, when we do these um, at our church and other places I've been, it's, it's always... It's always awesome to me uh, getting to sit up here and watch what happens and uh, getting to uh, be involved myself in them. And uh, so I expect nothing different but something really good. And uh, one thing that seems to happen, whether it, if I see it or not tonight, I, it seems like many times I don't seek this or anything, um, but many times, and sometimes it for different things happen, but, you know, I'll see a cloud come into the place while I'm preaching. And many times, I mean, two weeks ago on a Thursday night, I was preaching, and we all had our eyes closed after we were praying a prayer at the end. And uh, I uh, got done, and I thought, oh, my, this is strong. And I opened up my eyes, and it looked like ten times the light that was in the room. And I looked over at this girl, and it looked like somebody had taken a lamp without the shade and clicked it, and her face was lit up. And this other girl opened her eyes and said, Man, it's bright in here. <laughs> I said, It is, isn't it? And I've seen, you know, different things, you know, happen when the glory of God comes in. Because, you know, in the Bible, when the glory of God uh, is definitely expressed and mentioned in the Old Testament, but no doubt it's in the New Testament, too. I mean, you know, the first meetings of the church in the book of Acts were quite supernatural. And uh, we're not seeking after something. We believe and we come with something and God is going to do something. Period. 
I think that's how you just have to look because that's who we are, that's who he is, and that's just how it is. I mean, the Bible is really an expression or shows us heaven manifesting in earth from the beginning to the end. That's all it shows you is just heaven manifesting in the earth and how God will do things. And anyway, uh, you know, we've, we've seen wonderful things happen, you know. But like I was saying about the glory of God and, and uh, in the Bible when Jesus went up on the Mount of Transfiguration, in Matthew's Gospel, the 17th chapter, he went up there and it said a, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And then God spoke out of that cloud and then you find the guys laying on the ground. And, uh, you know, there were things that were happening at that point. And in the Old Testament, you see when they worshiped God that a cloud came in and then later he called the cloud the glory. And then it said they couldn't stand to minister because of the glory. And so God's glory is nothing unfamiliar. As a matter of fact, it's very familiar to believers. Maybe some more to others, you know, meaning, but every believer in this sense, when they get saved, what they had in the Old Testament now lives in you, period. And so we should look at things back then and go, well, that's what I've got in me, whether I recognize it or not. That's in me. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in me. And when we worship God, it's inevitable he's going to manifest among us. And I've seen things happen where, you know, a cloud will come in or sit in a corner. And I remember a guy a while back was in the back of the church and uh, just saw a cloud come in and push like this. And it got real thin. And one of the young adults after the service, had, or later on, had to use the bathroom, walked over them, I'm not recommending this, but <laughs> if you have to. But anyway, he walked out, and, and uh, later on after the service, he said, it looked like it was kind of cloudy back there. Well, anyway, there was a person that had had partial paralysis, where his hand wouldn't close and couldn't lift his legs correctly in his arm and just while he was sitting back there when he that that cloud came in just totally was healed and uh you know see different things like that happen you know we had a, a lady come who had had a heart attack and uh was in the hospital and she you know still had you know many of the symptoms in the arm and like in the head and saw it come down and settle down and then at the end of the service you know she said and since then has had no more symptoms well god moves in different ways and manifests himself in different ways and i believe when we just expect and we we believe that that's how he does it we're not looking to see something we're believing something and he does stuff I mean, constantly. I mean, we had one kid who uh, was new to our church and didn't know about things, and he came in on a Sunday night, and he was sitting on the side, and I was up preaching, minding my own business, and all of a sudden, the cloud, I saw it, but it only seemed like that thick. It was odd, and uh, just went and reached down like this and was about this wide. It dissipated like this, and I thought, huh. And I just stared around, and we all, they had their eyes closed, and I was looking. I thought, wow, that's something right there. <laughs> and uh, he, you know, he's not been in church, and he just started laughing. And as he laughed, it spread out. And the closest person to him was a young lady, probably in her 20s, right behind. And when it touched her, she started laughing. They laughed real hard, you know. And, um, you know, the Bible said in his presence is fullness of joy. And they were laughing. And then uh, all of a sudden, you, it, I watched. It dissipated. 
And he just stopped laughing and she stopped laughing. And then he came to me after the service and said, I apologize. I, no, he did. He said, I apologize. I, I, I wasn't laughing at you. I don't know why I was laughing. I said, oh, no, that's okay. Don't worry about that. No, no, really, I'm sorry. And he wanted to apologize for what was happening. I didn't say, well, let me explain. You know, I said, it's okay. You know, the Bible says, you know, talks about the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I knew he just experienced something he hadn't experienced before. But God's got good stuff. And, you know, if we get our expectation to a place and we just come to that place where we're like, listen, this is how it happens. This is how it goes down. And we just believe that way. Who knows? Yeah. You know, everything you see in the Bible, the more our expectation grows, the more we uh, get heightened to these things and are aware of him. I believe it gives him opportunity to do things in our midst. You know, I mean, really do things in our midst when we just believe this is how he does it you know i find it interesting that when somebody fell dead uh, they called for peter they, i believe they believed in peter said you come pray their expectation was no doubt in god and knew god would do it but knew god would do it through peter but could we heighten the expectation and say that what God would do for Peter if we believe he will do for us. And if I believe that, and how can I shape my belief that God would do something, you know, to a greater degree in my life, I, I would believe the first place I would look is go to the used bookstore. Oh, nobody got that. I'm sorry. <laughs> go, go to the History Channel. No, you go to the Bible. Yeah, somebody said, whoa, who is this guy? <laughs> that, that was a joke. And, um, and so we go to the Bible. And then we, we entertain the Bible in the sense of in our time with respect and reverence as though it's God's word. And we look at things. And, and, and I always say this, the best thing we can do is not try to focus in on it. But we focus in on him. And believe and look to him and know that he will do good things in our midst and he will manifest himself. So I want you to turn to Mark's gospel. Actually, turn to John's gospel. John's gospel, the 11th chapter. And we know probably, uh, you know, Mark 9.23, all things are possible to most people who believe, right? All things are possible to him who believes. You know, sometimes I think emphasizing certain parts, God does that. Meaning, you know, you ever read a scripture and you read it and went, whoa, that's good. And then you showed somebody else and they went, oh yeah, that's nice. Thanks. <laughs> No, 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 look at that. You're like, whoa. They're like, oh, yeah, that's great, thanks. And you're like, but no, you don't totally understand. And then you try to show someone else. No, look, no, really. And they're like, oh, well, praise the Lord. You know, they are Christian. And uh, so they politely go, oh, that's wonderful. But it's something stood out. But have you ever gone back to that verse and went, oh, I'm gonna, that was so good, I'm going to read it again. And you're like, what happened to that? 
how come that doesn't stand out? But you read it and something else stands out in it. And you're like, huh? Yeah, that's real good, but I want this to stand out. You ever done that? I haven't. I, I get all, I have revelation on everything all the time, so it's all real good to me. I was just wondering where you guys were at spiritually, and so I was trying to check. No, I think that happens to all of us. You know, there's different things at different times that God would emphasize in certain truths. And, and I am... I understand this, God is way bigger than me, so even though I may have a sense of him wanting to emphasize a certain thing in certain verses, and therefore I share those things, I know he's bigger than me, because he, he lives in me, and uh, I know that he still will emphasize other things when you're sitting out there that will give you an answer to life, or give you an answer to something you've been looking for, and it will stand out. And so I understand he's big and he does that kind of stuff. And I, I think it's just so awesome, the Bible, because of the way it's written, by who it's written, and what God does when we hear it. I mean, to me, there will be people sitting in this room tonight that will all hear, uh, you know, different things will be emphasized to them. But at the same point, I believe there is an element of something God is wanting to emphasize in these verses that I'm about to read. So Luke's, I'm sorry, John's gospel. We already said Matthew, well, Luke, and now John. I'll say it, Mark. Okay, now Luke. Luke 22. Luke, where, uh, hey, I'm here. John 11. You just stay with John until I tell you to go somewhere else, and even if I do, if we don't read it, just stay there. 20. Second verse. Lazarus has died and he's got some sisters. Verse 22, Jesus is coming but uh, to them and um, Jesus was in no big hurry in this context. He'll always meet you when you believe but in this context he just kind of rolled in. And uh, in verse 22, it says, But even now I know that whatever you ask, and this is a sister's talking, or one of the sisters talking, you ask of God, God will give it to you. Verse 23, Jesus said to her, Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's the question. I think that, that's, that, that seems to be something I'm going to emphasize is what will we believe? All things are possible to him who believes. So the emphasis is him, her, who believes. Here he said, do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, 
who is to come into the world. Now skip down to verse 39. Actually, we'll read 38. Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone lay in front of it. Verse 39. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time, there is a stench. <laughs> Notice as we read on. For he has been dead for four days. Verse 40. Jesus said to her, Did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Notice he said, If you would believe. And I, I think of those things where it says, If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. If you will believe, you will see the glory of God. Well, in this case, the glory was manifest and a man was raised from the dead. But even though Jesus prayed and believed and acted and did his thing, he said, what about you? What about you? Where will you be? I know this, uh, our faith grows out of the word of God. We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The verse before that in Romans says, who's believed our report? So then faith comes by hearing. I believe our expectation for things can be heightened when we believe what we hear in the Bible. And don't read it as just some book that was there and we don't get laxed about it, but we have such a respect. You know, in Thessalonians, in the first chapter, in the second, First uh, Thessalonians, the second chapter, and the 13th verse talks about how when he came and gave the word, they received the word... Not as though it was the word of man, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which lives and it abides forever. But he said that that word, when they believed it, it began to work. When they began to believe it, it began to work effectively in them. Well, I believe this, it can begin to work in you right where you sit right now as you just go, I believe what the Lord said in his word. I believe that he is a God of power. And it said that when they started believing the word, it began to effectively work in them. So I believe as you go, I believe that. I believe, I believe, then I believe me that God's power will begin to work effectively in you right where you sit. I believe that God will come and visit you where you sit. Meaning he did that to Adam and Eve. He knew where they were at and he came and visited them. He knew where Paul was praying and he sent a man to come visit him. But not only did he set a man to visit him, he visited him himself before the man got there. 
Because he said right now in a vision, he's seeing you come in and he's praying and he said he's at this address. Well, I would think he knows what pew you're in. <laughs> he didn't even have to say pew seven, seat three. That's why you don't move in a service like this because if you move, <laughs> sit. That spot you were in is the spot that would have been blessed. No, God could catch you if you move, too. But people need to believe. I mean, you read through the Bible and see different things. I mean, God sent a man, Philip, down by this road, and he's out there, and all of a sudden somebody comes rolling up on a chariot, you know, and reading a book and reading the book of Isaiah in the book in the Holy Scriptures. And he started jogging next to him and said, Hey, what are you doing? He said, Oh, not much. Just reading this book here. And he just kept jogging. I know if it was Pastor Mickey, he would have got winded and said, oh. <laughs> Hold on. But he knew where he was at. He knew. And he was able to get somebody to him, or he's able to do something there. I mean, he sent an angel to Cornelius. He knew where he was at. He was doing something spiritual, and all of a sudden, God did something in his life. He knew where he was at. I mean, he didn't send the angel next door and go, Cornelius, I'm here for you. And the guy said, oh, he lives next door. <laughs> no, if you will believe... He will visit you wherever. One reason he lives in you. Don't ever miss that up because then all of a sudden you go, oh, I wonder if he'll show up or do something in my life. He lives in you. You are his home. You're his home address if you're saved. And so, but he will manifest in your life, show up in your life and do things. And, and if we believe. But don't mix believing with feeling. I know when I first got saved, you know, I came from one lifestyle to another overnight. And I thought, wow, this is so good. I didn't tell anybody for three days. I did. I, I, or I didn't tell anybody for three days because I thought this will never, ever last. Because at least like this. Because this... You know, I'd lived in the world and experienced everything. Now I'm in the, I'm saved, and I thought, you know, after the first day, I thought, whoa, this is good. But I'm not going to tell anybody because I thought it won't even last. I've been saved four days now, and it, let me tell you, it's lasted. <laughs> no, I've been saved for a lot of years. And, uh, but it was just something happened in my life, and I was like, man, oh my. And God came and lived in me. But then I remember at going home, you know, at night after work, doing whatever and laying down. And nobody really told me. So I, you know, I guess I probably picked it up in church. You ought to praise the Lord. So, I, you know, you ever come into a relationship with somebody, you know, or see a young couple dating and stuff and they go out or they talk on the phone. You ever hear them talk on the phone? They're like, hey, what are you doing? They're like, not much. Me either. <laughs> Well, um, what are you going to do tomorrow? Well, 
probably go to school like I do every Tuesday. Oh, me too. All right. You ever notice when you first start a relationship, and, and it's true with God. You're like, you know, you hear somebody get up and preach, and they're like, you just need to pray and have a prayer life. And you're like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have the best <laughs> prayer life ever. And you go home and you talk to the Lord and you're like, you're awesome, God. And thank you for blessing everybody in my life. And um, amen. Right. <laughs> you remember that? Some of you are like, ah, that was me. But I did that. And I remember not knowing much. So I remember going, okay, I prayed everything I know. You know, you look at the clock and it's like one minute later. And so... They told us, you know, somehow I picked it up. You should give thanks to the Lord. So I thought, all right, I can do that. So I went, thank you, Lord. And I thought, what am I thankful for? And I thought, I'm saved. I'm born again. So I'd say, thank you, Lord, I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, I'm born again. And I thought, that's all I know right now. So that's the truth. I didn't know much. I knew he was God, and I knew Jesus was my Lord. And I'm like, I'm, I'm born again. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. And then something amazing started happening. All of a sudden, I'd have, thank you, Lord, I'm born again. Thank you, Lord, I'm born again. I, I expanded to like, thank you, Lord, I'm saved. I mean, I was stretching. I was coming, I was going out on a limb. And uh, I, I was like, whoa. And I would do that, and I, and I would just sit there and go, praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. And uh, i just keep going. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And I would go, you know, for maybe five minutes, seven minutes, and I would start sensing God. I was like, oh, 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 oh. And this happened in church, and it's happening at home. So that is, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And then I started staring at some sense I was having. You know, this experience. And all of a sudden it would disappear and I'd be like, oh yeah, Lord, I'm focusing on you right now. Praise you, Jesus. And because you thought I totally got off track. Still talking about focusing on him. And not trying to sense something or feel. I've learned this. If you come to get prayer, don't worry about what you do or don't feel. Just, we're going to pray. It, whatever it is, when we come to worship, I'm not looking to feel nothing. I'm here to praise God. And I learned, you know, there's not a lot of smoky cars driving around, you know, on the streets. But when I was younger, 10 years ago, <laughs> there were cars that had exhaust, you know, and they'd blow smoke. Remember that? And they'd be driving down. And you're like, whoa. You thought it was like a fog machine or something. You know, the youth today would be like, I want one of those. But they... uh you know, you can get far enough and get in that fog and you can get enamored by the smoke and miss the turn when the car turns. And then all of a sudden you're there and go, where did the car go? And it's kind of like that, not that God leaves you, but all of a sudden you start focusing on experience more than on him. And you're like, where did it go? And so we should ultimately look to him 
And as he begins to do something, we're just believing him. We believe he does that kind of stuff. It's inevitable. I mean, you look at every time somebody got filled with the Spirit, you know, in the New Testament, or at least or in the book of Acts, the experiences. You know, the Bible talks about how the Spirit came upon, fell upon, sat upon. And so we know he moves in the New Testament. And that verse said, if you can believe... What am I believing? We're believing in God. We're believing he's big. We believe he's bigger than the revelation we have now. In other words, we go, he's this big, but he's still bigger. Yeah. You know, the Bible where it says he will do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you can think, that really is, the word is from the word where we get revelation. So as he's revealed to us in the Bible and we ask and talk to him, he'll do more. He, he's bigger and does more than that. And I believe he wants to visit people right now. We, we, we believe God does that. We believe he does, he does do that. Do you believe that? I mean, we read the Bible in the Bible and we see him doing it all the time. I mean, he visited people, found people where they were at, no matter where they were at. You know, I, I, I appreciate this church and, and, and Pastor Mark and his wife and other churches like this that believe God does the stuff he's always done. And I would say this, sometimes that's not without opposition. It's not always popular. Wasn't always popular with Jesus. It wasn't always popular with Paul. But I'll tell you what, it's popular with God. Amen. So when we get to heaven, we'll tell those other guys, told you so. No, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. But we need to understand that God will move. And I, I think sometimes explaining how God moves, what he does, you know, from a biblical standpoint, how somebody can have the power of God on them, how God can minister through somebody is important. Jesus did it in his ministry. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because God wants to do this in your life. And I think we should be bold enough to say as believers, the spirit of God is in me. Therefore, you know, I think sometimes when we come to church, we're concerned about our friends. Oh, you know, I'm brought a new person. And, uh, okay, I'm not going to raise my hands this week because I don't want to spook them. <laughs> Is that cool? And I hope I'm not by that lady that cries all the time. <laughs> Just this time. Listen, God is bigger than you, and God is bigger than the lady that cries. <laughs> That's the truth. And uh, when we look to God and focus on God, I'll tell you what, the Philipp you know, when Paul was in jail, and they were there at midnight, and they worshiped God, uh, to me that is, is an example of belief. And believing in the Lord. I believe it is a real good example for us. And understanding that we just come and we do our part. And as we look to God and we come expecting that he'll start manifesting himself. 
And I believe Paul, when he was in jail in Acts, the 16th chapter, I think there's such an interesting thing. Uh, turn there. I wasn't going to, but we will. Acts 16.25. You know, in a believer's meeting, I think it's an opportunity for believers to worship God. It's an opportunity for believers to worship God together, do different things. But right here in Acts 16, in the 25th verse, Paul and Silas, his new ministry partner, how exciting was this, are in jail. We're going to go on an adventure for God. God's going to do awesome things. Tell your mom we're not coming back for a while. And the first postcard she gets is we're in jail. <laughs> Who did I send him with? Acts 16. And Paul's in the inner prison. We know he's in the stocks. But notice this verse. But it says, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. It didn't say the prisoners were praising. It just said they were listening. So there's a couple things here. Paul was praising God loud enough so that down the hallway other people heard. And I don't think volume is always, you know, okay, if I praise him loud, that's great. That could be annoying. But when your heart and your focus is engaged on the Lord and you're compelled, it's good. See, and I believe Paul, knowing the scriptures the way he did, I wonder if he was laughing on the inside because his expectation was so high that day. He said, what are you talking about? He got whipped. He's in the stocks. And uh, his new ministry partner is there. Uh, you know, don't you think he had questions about you miss God and because Barnabas isn't here now, now you, you're in this situation. If Barnabas was here, he would have encouraged everybody and we would have just walked away from this. But I don't know that he was, I bet you he had an expectation while he was in the stocks. I think the more he was in the stocks, and praying and praising God, I think his expectation of God doing something was growing. I mean, he was probably going, oh, praise the Lord. Not because of what he felt on his back because he had been whipped, but he was like, oh. And his praise was just a warning to everyone else, you know, as he's looking to God. I believe his expectation was high. We know this, Paul was super skilled in the scriptures. Big time. He was super skilled in the scriptures. He, he was really knowing of scriptures. Let me say that again. He knew the Bible really well and I believe as it says but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and were singing hymns to God it said and the prisoners were listening to them and what's so wild is all this kind of stuff you see through the book of Acts suddenly there was a great earthquake 
so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. The foundations of the prison were shaken. And what's so wild, none of the other buildings, just that building shook. Just that one shook. See, I don't think Paul was in panic mode. I think Paul, my, I, my personal opinion is probably Paul was going, whoo, See, you don't know, so some of you are already drawing back going, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm telling you. Suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were open, everyone's chains were loosed, and the keeper of the prisoner awaking from sleep, seeing the prison doors open, supposing that the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. And Paul was so bitter that he had been whipped and he was serving God and had no expectation that he said, just fall on yourself, fool, and go to hell. No, he wasn't bitter from his experience because I don't think that was working in him. But Paul called out with a loud voice. He was getting his attention saying, do yourself no harm for we're all here. I mean, you say, how do you get what you're talking about from that verse? I don't, but if you'll turn to Psalms 102, I'll tell you where I get it from. Psalms 102. You know, I believe it's God who draws your neighbor and who draws your friend and and draws your loved ones into God when they come to church and his spirit ministers to them and you see where Paul and Silas were just doing their business and just had a high expectation and as they worshiped God God began to shake the chains that held the people around them too and God started moving on them so they didn't get up and run out of their prison and run away their cells and uh but this is why I think Paul had expectation. I think Paul had such a handle on the scriptures by looking at his life that I would not doubt that that night when he said, Silas, he couldn't elbow him because he was in the stocks. He said, hey, I know something. I don't know if you know it, but I know something. I don't know, maybe the first song he sang was, I know something you don't know. I know something you don't know. I'm pretty excited, too, you know. And he's like, yeah, woo. If that was, you know, today, he would have been going like this. But he couldn't do it with his hand because it was in the stocks. Psalms 102, notice this verse. And I believe he had a handle on the word of God. And I believe it gave him something to believe in something to expect that God was about to do something big in his life. Notice this in verse 19. For he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, the Lord. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth 
Now we know in 2 Chronicles 16, 9, it says the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong in the behalf of those whose hearts are made ready for him. Somebody said you quoted that wrong. Well, not necessarily. But anyway, meaning the last part. Whose heart is right, but whose heart is really made ready. Who's like, yeah. Notice as he looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven the Lord viewed the earth. Verse 20, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to release those appointed to death. Paul was in prison. And I bet you he knew this verse, that the Lord was looking down upon him and he heard the prayers of Paul. And he said, to release those appointed to death. And I guarantee you, when he started worshiping God, God said, I'm releasing him who is appointed unto this destruction. I guarantee you, Paul knew the word well enough that he knew God was watching him, knew he heard him singing, knew he heard him praying, and God looked down and he said, well... I've got an appointment with that man right there. I know where he lives. I know where he's at right now. And he said he would release those appointed unto death. And Paul is in prison. He's in the stocks. And nobody's excited. But, um, <laughs> but he noticed that. He heard their groaning or their prayers of the prisoner to release those appointed to death. And I bet you Paul knew the scriptures about prison and things like that and went, yes, God's going to hear my prayer right now. God's going to do something right now. And I believe his expectation was high. And as he was singing and praising God and focusing on the Lord, the Lord began to move in his life and begin to move in that place until the place started shaking. You know, it's so true. I, I, I've prayed for people, been in services, and watched the power of God move on people where they shake. But he's bigger than just shaking people. He can shake a whole building. Thankfully, you're selling this place. No, it didn't say it was unsound after it shook. It didn't say that. But what will we believe? The word will work effectively in those who believe. All through the Bible, Peter said this, I'm a partaker of the glory that shall be revealed. And all through the Bible, from the Old Testament through the New Testament, you see words about the glory and about God's power being manifest among us. And we are a supernatural church. And God wants to do supernatural things in our midst. Not anything, I, I don't think anything just where we're weird or whatever, but I mean real demonstrations of power. Where he does something and we go, wow, he moved in me and I am different. And when I come to church, he is going to move among us. He's going to move in my life. When people stand next to me in church, they're going to be blessed because I'm going to worship God. I'm not going to worry about what I 
feel, when I'm just going to look to him and I'm going to worship God. When we hear the word, I'm going to receive it like it's God's word. My attitude is going to be right toward the Lord. What a difference that will make in your life. We're not looking for experiences, but thank God for every one of them. Because they're all over the place in the Bible. We should believe and know that when things happen, we're not caught off guard. And when things start happening, we go, wow, that's God. That's how he does it. And here's what's so cool. I say this, and I don't know where I picked it up or whatever, but everything and every way God moves and his, the way he moves, his character always shows up. Always. And we all have the fruit of the Spirit in us, but we know he's the God of patience and the God of peace. So when he shows up, it can be overwhelming peace. When I say show up, he's with us, but I mean manifest. You know, the Bible said that if you do these things, the God of peace will be with you. You understand the God of peace, if you're saved, is already with you. But why did he say the God of peace would be with you? Because he would manifest himself that way, even though he is the God of peace that's in you. You understand that? So it's not like all of a sudden God's going to come to your life. He's there. But if you do these things, really, it's if you cooperate, you let the peace that's in you out of your life. And it will radiate out of you. It will guard your heart. It will affect your mind. The same thing with the joy of the Lord. And the Bible talks about how God laughed at his enemies, laughs at his enemies. The Bible talks about in his presence is fullness of joy. And if you're saved, you have his presence inside of you. It's more a matter of cooperating with him and allowing him to move because it's in you when you're saved. Meaning, you know, the Bible said that the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience. Those are all characteristics of God too. So whenever God shows up with power, you may sense a real, like, man, there's just a love in that place, stronger tonight. But then you come back and you're like, wow, there's more just a sense of joy tonight. But it's because his characteristic always manifests is manifest in his presence. But I know this, that what you need is inside of you. And in Galatians 5, where it says the fruit of the Spirit is this, well, it's only fruit when it's on the outside of you. Let me say that again. The love of God's been poured out in your heart, but it's only fruit when, you're, when it's on the outside of you. Lemons are not lemons when you have a lemon tree. Until you don't go, well, look at all the lemons on that tree right there. There aren't any. But the potential is there because the life that produces them and that causes them to be is in that tree. It's in you. It's the truth. Meaning the glory that Moses experienced where his face shone when he came down from the mountain. You go read 2 Corinthians 3. That power and that glory is inside a spirit-filled believer. Period. Somebody said, if it is, I don't know it. Well, haven't we not known his peace at some time in our life? 
And if we don't recognize his peace and recognize certain things manifesting in our life, then to me it's probably a clue. Meaning if I'm full of depression and I'm constantly fighting depression, it's a sign. If I'm saved and I'm filled with the Spirit and I'm constantly dealing with depression, it's a sign. Say, what kind of sign? Do you have depression? <laughs> well, I knew that. But it's a sign. You know, you, you are made up to help yourself in situations. What do you mean by that? Everybody said amen. I, I, you don't even know why. But you are. Meaning this, your body is made up to help yourself. You ever, you know, seen a stove or something hot and you went, oh, I got to go put that in the sink. And you went, ow. And your hand went, oh, oh. And it sent a signal up to your head and your head went, hey, dude, you know what? You need to let go of that. Your hand is burning. <laughs> so the signal went back and you went, let go. And it went, whoa. And then your mind said, we need to put that under the water. And he went, yeah, because it hurts down here. And so he went over, then you put it under the water. Your body is made. So the problem is your hand got on something hot, and it had a warning because there were certain symptoms that showed up that said you need to move your hand. And if you don't have peace, those are like sticking your hand on a hot stove. If you don't have peace and you're living in depression, then that is a sign to the believer you need to move your thinking from one thing to another because he whose mind has stayed on the Lord, he'll keep him in perfect peace. And you go back and read there in the fourth chapter of Philippians when he talks about that and says the God of peace will be with you. Well, the issue is the God of peace is with you. You know, the other night I was getting ready to come here and, you know, being spiritual, praying, praise the Lord Jesus. I worship him with more than just you're born again now. And so I was thinking, man, I'm having a good time. And I've got to go put some stuff in the mailbox and go outside, open the garage door and look down. And I thought, man, there's water right there. Water's not supposed to be in the garage right there. And I followed it and said, that's connected to my water heater. You can't leave while that thing's leaking. I thought, I'm just closing the door and I'm going to ignore this. No, I went over there, and there's a valve on top, and I just turned it a quarter turn, and it just shut off the flow of water. But when the handle was pointed the right direction, then the water would just flow. This is pretty simple. <laughs> when your mind is on the right thing, peace will begin to move in your life. And when we begin to think right about God moving and realizing his power is in me, I don't have to, you know, I'm not begging for the peace of God. Christians are not begging for the peace of God. They're not begging for God to be in them with power. We're not. He's in you with all his power. You know, when I first got saved, I said, Lord, I know I got the Holy Spirit, but I didn't get the power. You know why I thought that? Because my thinking was wrong. And when my thinking was wrong, I closed it, but it was there. But when I started believing God's working in me, 
He works among us. It's already there. I think that's one of the things that we need to know as believers is that when I open my mouth when we come to church or when I'm at home and I say, praise you, Lord, you're good. Your power is in me now. Your life is in me now. Your peace is in me now. And I get my mind on him, certain things are going to flow. Because it affects my believing. And I understand if you've been going down a path in the area of depression for a while and you're saying, well, I've tried that before. And uh, it's hard to keep my mind there. Listen, if you will practice getting your mind over and you find it sliding back, you know, you, you get used to thinking some ways sometimes. And you just find yourself drifting off. And, and sometimes there's lies that try to help promote that in your life. You know, maybe... You know, and some of the lies that I think dominate people weren't, weren't from their mom, weren't from their dad. Uh, they're, they're just tricks from the devil. Just subtle things that have spoken to people and said, you're this way, and he's painted a picture, and then your mind goes on to that picture that he's painted, and you think, well, this is really who I am. And it's almost like a ditch. And you just slide over into it, and you get your thinking there, and then you, you just find yourself just full of depression, or a thought comes against you that tries to drive you back into that way of thinking, and then you're like, man. And then you maybe have even resolved that I'm going to live a life of depression from now on. I'm going to serve God. I love God. There's no doubt, you know, there can be Christians that have things with depression or different areas, and and, and, you know, the devil will even lie to you and say, well, you don't love God like other people or you wouldn't have this problem. Well, that's just a lie. You, who knows? Maybe you love God more than other Christians. You, you can't judge that. You don't let him tell you something. But realize that, you know, it may take some work. You know, okay, I'm going to get my mind on the Lord and I'm not going to keep focusing on this. I'm going to learn to put my focus there. And then I'm just going to do it. Because you go read that fourth chapter, and it really does talk about God manifesting himself. And I know this may be a little different way of thought, but it really does teach us to keep our minds on the right thing. We observe a certain person there. Paul said, observe me. Observe my life and the things you've seen in me and heard in me. He said, do. And he said, the God of peace will be with you. He kind of told him, look at a good example of somebody who has peace and who God is manifesting in his life. And then he said, and, and, and here's some gauges for your thinking. And he said, begin to think on these things. Keep, let that be the meditation of your life. And what will happen is the God of peace is not going to come marching up to you someday when you get your mind just perfect. And this is not about perfection in your mind. Now, we need to work on getting our mind on the right thing and thinking right, but this is for people who may deal with depression. And, you know, somebody can lay hands on you, and I, I, I believe I can lay hands on you. I mean, I've prayed for a number of people with mental problems. You say, I'm not saying you've got mental problems. Because <laughs> probably everybody at some time has dealt with attacks about depression. And some people have maybe progressed and stayed with it for a while. And they kind of got themselves in a little trap, you know, kind of like tangled up. But, I mean, I've dealt with people 
on different areas. I mean, a while back, some girl brought her friend, and uh, they said um, that her mom wanted her to go get deliverance and take her to these deliverance meetings. I said, you should come and let my pastor pray for you because she was verging on schizophrenia. Couldn't go out, couldn't be alone, couldn't be in public uh, without somebody, without having just huge panic attacks and couldn't go anywhere. And I said, well, you know, I don't think it's some big deliverance thing you need, but I could pray for you and, the, and God will set you free. And so we, the three of us went in, in my office and I prayed and just took authority over that and said, you know, you leave right now in Jesus' name. And uh, she for weeks after, told her her, her friend and her mom and said, you know, she'd, she'd text and say, I'm at the tanning salon by myself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm at Walmart by myself. To you, that's nothing. To her, that was huge. But here's the thing. She didn't come back to church. And I told her friend, you need to get back into church because the enemy is going to come back and you're, you, she can resist him, but she doesn't know how that's going to come back and for a few months she was totally fine and then you know all of a sudden she just kind of drifted back to where she was I thought what a shame and so what I'm saying is this sure somebody can pray with you and help you right on the other hand you can start working the process and see the peace of God manifest in your life and God do something in your life just by you, you know, and I'm not saying I'm, a, I'm not opposed to praying for people doing anything like that, but I am saying that the peace of God will manifest in you. But it's not just that area. What will we believe and what can we believe? And I think the way to expand our thinking about how God will move and how God will manifest is by seeing in his word what he said he would do. And so I know what he wants to do. I mean, you know, I don't always go around telling people, man, I I sense God in my body. I sense him manifesting out of me right now. I sense it. Sometimes I do. Sometimes because it's amusing to me, too, because I'm like, this is not, you know, it's cool. But I do know this. I, I don't put a premium on focusing on it, but I know that God is in us and wants to move through us. He wants to manifest in you, upon you, and through you. He wants to saturate your being. He wants us to go, he'll do this for me. I'm, I'm not promoting what I'm about to say, but it's a truth. The most carnal goofed up bunch of people in the Bible had at least the most talked about, you know, about coming behind in no spiritual gifts. I'm not, like I said, I'm not promoting a lifestyle, but I am saying this, don't measure in yourself that you've got to become perfect because you'll be transformed as you move along, serve God and, you know, do the things, you know, you're supposed to do. But for, for us to think that we have to be perfect to see God do something big in our midst is, I believe, a wrong way of thinking. Right. Absolutely a wrong way of thinking. I mean, a wrong way of thinking. When I get to this level, God's going to do something in my life. That, I think that's 
totally wrong. Because Paul didn't even warn the Corinthians to say, you better watch out or God's going to quit moving. Now you understand, I'm not promoting what they were doing. I'm just saying, he never said, you better watch it. I, I mean, do I think, did he tell them to change their life and their lifestyle? He did. That's why we get so much out of there about walking in love and all these different things. But he still moved. On the way to where you're going, he wants to do something. Let me say this before we change. He, on the way to where you're going, he wants to do something. In the Bible, you see where, you know, Paul or, you know, the disciples when Jesus was resurrected, Mary goes and says, you know, sees those angels and said, go and tell his disciples that I'm going to appear to them. And it says, as she went, you know, and as they went, all of a sudden God started appearing to them and then appeared to them again when they got to where they were supposed to be. When they started obeying and just started stepping out, God started doing something. And he told him, I'll meet you at this place, and you go tell the disciples I'm going to meet them there, but there was encounters before they ever got there. It's interesting to me that God wants to do things like that. Let's do this. Let's close our eyes for a minute. You guys are okay, right? I mean, I believe God is here. I believe he's working. I believe his power is here. I believe his power is in me. I believe his power is upon me. I believe if I prayed for you or did whatever, God would move. But I do know this, the same power that's in me is in this place, and you can access it right where you sit. If you're saved or if you're not saved, God will still meet you. But I am saying this, that he wants to manifest himself to you. But what do we do? We believe. We trust him. We look to him. We're not concerned with what we feel or what we see, but we believe him. We believe in him. And we believe he's strong, and we believe he will do something in our life. Everybody close your eyes and say this with me. Say, Lord... Lord, we, believe we believe that you are God. You came here tonight with me because I'm saved. You live in me. I can be filled, but you came with me because I'm saved. Therefore, you're here, but you also manifest in the church and like the Bible said in the book of Revelation that you walk through the church and you walk among the church so we believe that not only are you in us as believers but you're among us and so Lord 
We believe that you are here. We believe that you are full of might, full of power, full of life. You're in me and you're among us. So I believe right now, whatever it is, if it's depression, it will leave now. Now I'm going to pray quick and then we're going to move on. In Jesus' name, you don't have to pray. Just let me pray in Jesus' name for those, Lord, whose heart reach out to you in that area, maybe that have struggled in depression. I break those, the power of those lies in the name of Jesus. I break your power now in Jesus' name. Get from these people in Jesus' name. And thank you, Father, for your strength inside of them. And they do have the ability to think on the right thing. Therefore, Lord, we thank you in advance. When they spend time thanking you and focusing on you, that peace is just going to keep emanating through them. And so I believe, if that's you, everybody close your eyes right now. This may seem uh, different. I'm not going to call you up here. But everybody close your eyes right now. If you are one of those people, this will seem different. But if it's you, just raise your hand right, right where you're at. You've been dealing with depression. Just keep your hands up. And just everybody else, keep your eyes closed. I'm going to pray. And, and I promise you this. If you were bold enough to stand up, lift your head and look at me. Okay. The rest of you, except for you, just you can stand. But the rest of you stay seated. I'm going to have you stand up, Okay. But I'm going to pray for everybody, but I want you to stand up right where you're at, okay? Everybody else keep your head, and you guys can stay standing. Everybody else keep your heads bowed for the respect of them, but stand up. And the rest of you that had your hands up, keep them up, and the rest of you just say this with me. Say, Lord Jesus, Lord Jesus I, believe I believe your power, your power is, in is in this place now, and that the life of God, life of God is going to flow that power that heals is going to work on these people now. Now, Father, thank you for your life. Now, the rest of you just keep praising God. Thank you, Father, for your life flowing into her now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for visiting her in the name of Jesus that that, that, that has hung on her is broken in Jesus' name, and thank you for that life going into her now in Jesus' name. You don't even have to pray while you have your hand up. You relax. Thank you, Father, for that life going into her now. And thank you, Father, for all the people that have their hands up that needed prayer in that area or said they would receive prayer. Thank you for your power going into them now in the name of Jesus. We believe that life rests upon every one of those people right now in the name of Jesus. That that life flows into these people, moves upon them and manifests and that you visit them in their seat right where they're seated right now in the name of Jesus, that that thing has been broken, those things are gone, and the peace and the life of God will begin to work in them. Thank you, Father. Thank you. 
And this also, Lord, thank you for those people that their sensitivity to you, those people, that their conscience is purged by your blood and by their life, by your life, right now in Jesus' name, that you begin to move in their life. And Lord, that they will become more sensitive to you, to the way you move, and to the spirit of life that works in them. And their sensitivity to you will grow immensely in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Father, that that life is flowing. Just keep your hands up if that was you. Thank you, Father, for that life flowing into them and that their hearts become way more tender and sensitive to your life and the moving of your spirit in the name of Jesus. Thank you that you visit them and manifest yourself in them and upon them now. And Lord, I thank you that through your name, they're free. And you get the glory. And that the sensitivity of their heart will be noticed by them. And so thank you, Father, for moving in there and moving upon them. And he is too. Keep, if you lifted one hand, just keep everybody keep your eyes closed, but if you lifted one, put your hand up. Put both of them up. If you lifted one, put both of them up. And I want everybody to say this, but, only, but, but you let this be of sincerity. Say this with me. Say, Lord, Lord that, life that life is working in me, working in me. and it's going to keep working. And not only freedom from depression, but thank you, Lord, sensitivity of heart is mine now. Thank you, Lord, that power and that life is working and flowing into me now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now we're going to move on if, if you're okay with that. I'm telling you, God's moving on people. He is. You know, I won't tell everybody the reason why I added that part on the end, but I guarantee you that, that those people will recognize that. He's moving. And there was something that went out. You know, I don't always like to tell people things because then people start looking, you know. Pastor Mark told me, because I'll tell him at different times, this happened, or this happened. It's not uncommon when I pray for people that people will tell people where, where they've not been told. When they get close to me, they'll go, it felt like I hit a brick wall when they get to a certain place. And um, meaning there's times I just sense the power of God go off of me to a certain degree and just, you know, get close and it'll, it'll affect you. But for years, I remember when I first started noticing, you know, the power of God going out of my hands. I don't know maybe the best ways to explain it. But 
it's very recognizable to me. You know, I'm standing here talking to you. We were driving here in the car. And I could sense the power of God settling in my legs. Just driving in the car to church. And we were talking about whatever. And the power of God was moving. And when I was standing right there, I just was, when we were worshiping, I was just like, thank you, Lord. And, and I've been down the road long enough, I thought, I'm just going to release this right now and let it radiate out of my body. And anybody who's around me, I believe they'll be affected by it. But when I reached out my hand, and this is not uncommon, this is way commonplace, is, uh, is when I put my hand out or I go to pray for people, it's almost, I mean, these might be really crude examples, but it's almost like a magician who pulls a scarf out of his sleeve, you know, or whatever, and he pulls it, and another one comes, and he keeps pulling it, and keeps pulling it. It's like it comes out, or you pay, play tug-of-war or something like that, and you uh, pull, and you feel the rope go through your hand and starting to get away from you. It's, it's like it's, there's something going out. Or like you hold a hose, and you feel something moving through the hose. I mean, it's so real. When I had my hands out, it was, I believe, you noticed. Little, a lot. Sometimes we'll have people stand up in our church that don't know anything and just have them stand up and pray for them while they're standing because I know it gets hard to stand after a while, especially when they get close. And it's almost like, like somebody's pulling a rope out, you know, like you're holding it and it's going out, like you can sense that power going out. I mean, there's no doubt that woman with the issue of blood when she touched Jesus, he perceived that power went out of him, but it, he didn't perceive it going out of his hands. But he commanded believers to lay hands on the sick. And so that means it will go out of believers whether we recognize it or not, period, because the power and life of God is in every believer. Somebody said, it doesn't happen to me. Well, when was the last time you laid hands on somebody? Well, that's a, maybe a reason, right? If your mind's not on the right thing, you might not have peace. If my hands aren't on somebody, maybe I won't recognize anything. And I'm not saying you need to recognize something. But I guarantee you that power was flowing out of me. It got so strong in my right arm when I was standing here talking because I started to put that hand, I thought I'll put both out. And then it started going out of both. I guarantee you that that power's in you. I believe you're already free from depression. I believe he's working in you, though, and will keep working in you and will cause you to become more sensitive. What does that mean? I believe the word will become more clear to you. More revelation will come out of the word. I believe you'll sense God's presence and you'll recognize him inside. And I believe this, too. As you keep your mind over there, if you find it going back, it'll go, ugh, on the inside of you. Ugh. Have you ever found yourself, you know, after you've been thinking right, start thinking wrong, and then you're like, why am I yucky right now? And it's down here. It's because up here affects down here. And so you go, okay, I'll put this back. But I believe that those people that raise their hand, his power is working in your conscience is working in there. And, you know, I don't try to promote anything, but sometimes people can have a sense like, I want to cry, you know, when that starts happening. It's just God's working in you. 
And I know his power went into those people. I believe his power is here right now to go into anybody, in fact, anybody in any area of your life, whatever you need. So let's do this before we close. Just everybody close your eyes. Remember I said we're going to interrupt the program to bring you a special bulletin, and that was it, and we were doing something together. My heart's stirred right now. You say, what do you mean? Is it pumping faster? No, right here. I stepped forward and I went, woo. Somebody said, yeah, woo. No, I don't mean that, like lose a couple pounds. I mean like, woo, something in there. And not my lunch. Everybody close your eyes and lift your hands to heaven. Or a hand. Say this. Say, Lord, Lord you, are God. you are God. You're my God. You're a great God. I'm not looking for feelings, but I'm looking at you and your life and your power readily, readily, and say it with sincerity, readily flows into me through these hands. And works in me as I raise my hands to you that life is working in me. That power is flowing into me, bringing me answers, refreshing life and health. Answers to life's situations. It's happening to me right now. I'm not looking at my hands. I'm looking at you. And that life is flowing into me. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now I'll say this, that life was flowing into people. It was. Somebody said, how do you know? I know. Whether you sensed it or not, that life was flowing into you. I think sometimes we haven't looked at the whole laying on of hands and the hands thing. You know, we, we definitely transmit power to people. We know people that were filled with the Spirit were filled again, not that he leaked out, but they were overflowed, and it was a way that that power went in. You know, Jesus' perceived power went out of him when she touched the hem of his garment, not just out of his hands, but there, I, I don't know what it is, but, you know, there's times when I tell people, raise your hands like this, and I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, because then people go, I didn't feel that. Doesn't mean something didn't happen, but I guarantee you there's probably a number of people that thought, this Felt like something was going down in my arms. Okay, I'll do it. How many could tell? A number of people. That doesn't mean, oh my goodness, something's wrong with you back there. No, something's right with you. If you're a believer, don't worry about it. We don't go by feelings. I believe God was working. And I believe just like the power goes out, we can just be refreshed that way. I notice often it comes in me. And I'll tell you what, I recognize it coming in, so I know what it's like going out. You glad you're here? Yes. 
Well, we've only got about two hours left. And <laughs> No, I'm kidding. The rest of you are going, who is that going, woo, up there? <laughs> That's the last time he's wooing in church. No, Let, let's close our eyes and we'll pray and, and, and we'll look. Father, thank you.